Hello and welcome to Vikings Territory Breakdown Podcast. We got a hot, hot, hot show for you today, and it's not necessarily because of the uh, what we're going to talk about. It's really hot outside. It's like 90 degrees already and rising here in uh, in normally chilly Minnesota, but that's okay. Uh, we're here with Mark Craig from the Star Tribune dot Star Tribune and StarTribune.com. He's the NFL insider. He's the guy with all the moves and all the shakes and all the moving and shaking and all. I'll stop talking about that and say I'm with him. I'm Joe Oberly from PTSD.com and VikingsTerritory.com, and we're here to talk about the Vikings. How you doing, Mark? How's it going? Doing well, Joe. Doing well. That that took a that took, was painfully long. You need to, go yeah. on, let's go. Yeah, wrap it up. That was. Well, you know, you gotta you gotta pad sometimes when when it's off season and there's not much to talk about. And we are in the we're in the doldrums of the season right now. But it's as I said, it's the calm before the camp. We gotta drum up some stuff. And we did have a little news this week. The Vikings, you know, acquired a new player, outside linebacker Andre Mincy, and he came from the Broncos. Probably one of Ed Donatel's dudes, I guess. Uh, in he was an undrafted free agent that they signed, and in six games last year, he had two tackles. It, it's not real impressive. Mark Eric Kendricks gets that in a series, usually. You know, what the heck do you think of this guy? Well, you know, this as we talk about those outside linebackers, the, the front line looks great, they got to stay healthy. Behind them is a lot of guys that are young, unproven, um, learning a new defense. They may not fit the defense exactly the way that they. They want it to, to fit, and <clears throat> here's a guy that they can go to Denver. He's a young guy. He's not really proven, but he's been he spent a year in Donatello's system, knows the system. He's uh, it's a good depth. You know, it's a it's good to have some depth, and, and you don't have to worry about the uh, him not going through the offseason because he has spent a year in this defense. <laughs> Do you think uh, uh, he adds adds depth to that to that unit? What do you think? I mean, I, you well, know. I mean, Eric Kendricks, and they got uh, him. <laughs> no, no, they got other people. I just can't. Well, remember. this is—he's outside linebacker, I believe. So he comes in. All of those, those, all those linebacker positions are are um, you know the depth is not is not real deep. So and and most of it comes from the uh, the past regime, a four three defense. So this is a guy who knows the defense. I'm not saying he's gonna. We, we have no idea that this is a good move going into training camp to to give yourself some more depth. This is something that they probably did, you know, looking at, you know, their offseason program ended last week. So they look at it. They say, hey, where do we where can we have ads add another person or where do we need to, like, bolster a position to going in to the start of camp? And that was one of the positions. And the fact that he comes from Denver is uh, is, you know, if you feel like you need that body right now, then that's that's a good spot to go because he's been through Donatello's defense and the Fangio defense last year. That's good. It can help him catch up right away because Vikings got a lot of new faces um, this year. Oh, by the way, Mark, I'm keeping a little tracker here. So for every time you say they got some way on this team's got to stay healthy, I'm going to make a little check mark because at the end of the show, we're going to talk about Vikings with playoffs or will they make them or won't they and if we just say if they stay healthy, you know, we'd have the answer to our question. So I got well, you for one, but for one so far. Okay, well, I, I, that puts me about forty-two thousand behind Bud Grant. So I, I'll follow <laughs> Bud. I'm going to catch Bud eventually. Yes, you are. You keep you keep working at it. Uh, Mark, Mark uh, the new uh, all these marks and lakes. The new the new linebackers coach is Mike Smith, and. You said that he was – I think you believe he spoke last week or recently, and um, you, you said you kind of liked his whole attitude about things and, and that he's got uh, he's got, he's got a penchant for one-liners from time to time. Can you talk a little bit about Coach Mike Smith and uh, maybe share some of those uh, little quips if you've got some? Well, yeah, I mean, he's, he's a guy that's uh, pretty well-respected in the league. You hear people talk about him. It's uh, – um, I, you know, I didn't know a whole lot about him. You know, the Packers have had uh, some good outside linebackers. He's, he's his uh, his resume is, is pretty is solid. Uh, and then he just kind of struck me a, a, a Tomlin Tomlin esque is a little extreme because when Mike Tomlin walked in, it's like you knew he was a head, you just knew that this guy was would be a head coach someday. You didn't think yeah. it would be the following year at age thirty four or thirty five. 
but he just had these, I always said that Mike Tomlin had a way of making a cliche sound fresh and exciting. <laughs> and people would like want to run through the, run through the wall for his cliches. Uh, but uh, I, I, I had to laugh. He was talking about, I think it was uh, Janaris Robinson. Um, said he uh, that he's like the, the first thing, the first thing that you say about him is he's long. He's another guy who can scratch his ankles while standing up. So I think, <laughs> so that was kind of, that's kind of cool. It tells you that the, uh, just how he feels about, you know, you always want that, that long outside linebacker uh, frame and everything. Um, also said, you know, he pumped up DJ Wonham a little bit saying he's probably the most all around guy right now. Uh, I don't know. I, I, would, I would think that that's outside of the, those top two guys, but um He's really, you know, working those guys and getting them, you know, publicly talking very highly of all of those guys. And and they do look, you know, these guys have the looks, you know, uh, Patrick Jones, uh, Janarius. Uh, they have that look. They were guys last year that were drafted for the 4-3. Um, not really sure. They, it's almost like they're sort of stuck in between that 3-4 end tackle and the linebacker. Uh, I think they're working with the linebacker, but they could play that. So uh, there's talent there. There's uh, athleticism, and as you could say, the guy if a guy can stand up and scratch his ankles, he's got pretty good uh, a pretty good chance against the uh, offensive tackles in this league. So yeah. yeah, those are the guy. You know, it's it's he's he's a he's a very good teacher, uh, known throughout the league for doing that. And I think he's got a little bit of talent, but it's not talent that exactly matches what not all of it of what he's looking for. You know, after you you sent that quote to me about scratching your ankle standing up, I went and tried that just to see how tall I was, and I threw my back out. So, uh oh, my golf season's over for the summer. Um, you know, explain to me a little bit about that. I mean, you brought in Wanham, and and uh, you know, when we're talking about linebackers here, I, I guess I don't even know who's going to play what anymore. I mean, some of these guys are defensive linemen, aren't they? That are, you know, if you're speaking about. Uh, want them in terms of linebacker? Is that what you're you're saying, or did I misunderstand? Yeah, uh, DJ Wonham would be the would be an outside linebacker, like just like Daniel Hunter. Daniel Hunter is a, you know, obviously we all know him. He, he made his mark uh, is you know the quickest of fifty sacks in in, in NFL history of the stat that starts in 1982, of course. But uh, you know he's a defensive end. But you know you, you have a feeling that. Daniel Hunter is athletic enough and long enough and big enough to occupy when he's not rushing the passer, which is probably what he'll be doing the majority of the time. But when he doesn't rush, you know, he's not going to be covering a slot corner, you know, 30 yards downfield, but he's going to be in that area. Um, you know, it's, it's going to be fascinating to watch and see how, how, how that plays out, how he does that. So. Well, you know, I, Daniel Hunter's a defensive end, but now he's called an edge rusher, and Zadarius Smith is an edge rusher, and Wonham was on the line last year. And now you're talking about, I mean, are these edge rushers? Is it just basically another name for outside linebacker? Is that is that what it is? Because everybody talks, calls him an edge rusher. I said, well, I got he's going to just line, he's going to stand up and line up on the outside and rush the passer, not too far away from. I mean, he can move around a bit, which probably changed that. But they're basically hybrids now, aren't they? These guys. Well, they're they're it's a different era. I mean, hybrids used to be when a guy was, you know, not big enough or, or you know, uh, he's linebacker size, but he was a defensive end. The, the, the tweeners is probably what you call them, mm. you know, back in the day. Now, hybrid is can be like a Daniel Hunter is a high can be a hybrid, but Daniel Hunter is a is a massive human being that could play in a four three. Uh, on that right side, which or left side, which is what he's had done before. You, you know, you, you stop the run, you, you rush the passer. Um, but now, you know, he's got some linebacker skills that they're going to test and see how that plays out. Now, you know, it's the fire zone uh, defense that, uh, that was in the league. Uh, you saw some like Jared Allen would drop back sometimes, or, you know, I, I always thought that it, in a four, three, it didn't seem to work. Um, but it was that, that they, you know, Leslie and Tomlin and those guys did like all everyone else, you know, did some of that where he wasn't always, you know, you would, you would have him, you know, suddenly Jared Allen's back and someone else is rushing and you're kind of throwing the quarterback off. Um, I didn't find that that 
was very effective when you had Jared Allen, which is, you know, Jared was just turn him loose and he'll get to the quarterback eventually. Um, you know, so Daniil, you know, primarily those guys are pass rushers, obviously, but there'll be, there'll be times when they're, they're, they do different things, exotic things. So, um, are you concerned we'll see. That way that these guys uh, maybe have to drop back a little bit and, and, and cover some, some guys in the slot or at least stick with a guy coming out back. We all remember that time when, uh, that game went against the Rams when uh, Anthony Barr was chasing uh, players down the field yards behind. Like, you know, like he, he seemed like he would have been a better rusher than a, a guy, you know, a guy covering. I don't know. I, I just, I, I'm really trying to wait to see how this all flushes out. Cause it seems like you got to have, you find a guy with talent and you got, you're giving him more uh, things to do. Is that a good thing or is that a bad thing? I mean, it's going to take a while to adjust. And, and 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 you know make that part of your your repertoire. I don't know. I think a guy like Daniil can probably do it or Smith. But what what do you thought? Is there a concern there? Well, I, I mean, if if he's chasing the guy thirty yards downfield like Anthony Barr was in that game, Anthony Barr there was like miscommunication. I remember I sat down with Anthony Barr and he talked. He had, you know he had kind of had it with Pro Football Focus and people you know talking about him in that game. And I just caught him at the right time one time. I was, I was doing a big story on him. And he just said, here, boom, 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 boom. Here's here's exactly what happened. And, um, you know, they, I forget who the corner was at the time, but the corner was a rookie. And there's miscommunication. And, you know, he ends up covering that guy when he shouldn't have been covering him. Um, but, yeah, if, you, if Daniel Hunter's not equipped to, to cover a slot receiver 30 yards downfield. Right. Now, right. whenever he is in coverage or whatever they're doing, whatever exotic look they're, they're showing. If he's not rushing, you can bet that a lot of other, that there's an overload somewhere else going or, or, you know, you like the quarterback may be so fixated on, on Daniel and he's like Daniel showing rush and there maybe Harrison Smith is behind him or whatever. And they drop. And then all of a sudden you got the, the mother load coming from the other end. Mm-hmm. Now this is not new. This is not new stuff. I mean, this is stuff that Mike Zimmer, you know, did out of his four, three with, a lot of the the double A gap stuff, you know, are, are both of them coming? Is one coming? Are both dropping? You know, uh, and that's why Harrison Smith was so is is so so good because he, um, I think Zimmer described it as being like a burglar. He's like a, he's like a burglar because he kind of creeps and he may find a way to sneak up while using say the outside linebackers' vision, like the quarterback can't see him. He's coming up, things like that. So you're, um, you know. The, in the end, it's it's um it's all get your pen ready. It's all about having talent and that talent staying healthy. Nice. Okay. And um, but you know there is some um, chess match that they that they have to play, and and that's what the four the three four at least you know what Donatella is selling is it's about confusing the quarterback, and it's about like just giving different looks. Now, where I do worry, not so much as whether Daniil can handle, unless they do something unrealistic and have him cover 30 yards downfield. What I worry about is do you outsmart yourself? Do you say, you know, we're going to do some some crazy thing where they both drop off and, you know, and just outthink yourself, in other words, and, and, as opposed yeah. to just like having two great two great guys who, who uh, just come after the quarterback. And that's what I was going to ask you. I mean, it, it's all about confusing the, the quarterback, giving him looks he's not used to and surprising him with stuff. But, you know, it's a new defense for these guys. It's it's a whole new setup. You know, you may be doing some same same things like Zimmer did, but it's coming out of a 3-4. So you, do you fear any uh, two, three-game adjustment the defense is going to have to make to their new schemes, or you think they'll pick it up pretty quickly? Well, you know, I, they, you know they have the offseason. I, I know that they don't. You know they don't hit in the off season, but there's a lot you know instruction that gets gets you know passed along, and you know they're not just walking into that first game and just saying you know what what, what you know what's the call? I, I never heard of that. I mean yeah. they get they get it. They get plenty of instruction. I mean they're not they're, these guys. Uh, let's put it this way: these guys don't work a second job. Like uh, they're not selling insurance like uh, Fran Tarkenton was or whatever they those guys used. Learned some. I used to work for a bank or whatever it was. Right. Uh, they're they're kind of focused on football in the offseason, even though they don't they no longer beat the crap out of each other in the offseason. They they do learn as uh, 
above the shoulder learning or whatever uh, O'Connell calls it. So, uh, so yeah, they'll, and also it's going to be different. I mean, when you face a Justin Fields, I would imagine things are more like, Hey, we got two great pass rushers go yeah. uh, as opposed to maybe Aaron Rodgers. Uh, and Aaron Rodgers playing him at U.S. Bank Stadium and playing him in, in Lambeau could be a different type of uh, game plan. If I'm in U.S. Bank Stadium, I take advantage of that crowd and I maybe I go after him hard. And but in Lambeau, where maybe it's he's you know the crowd noise isn't in your favor, you got to do something, give him a different look. That sounds good. It's going to be exciting to watch and see what the heck they do throughout. I'm going to have to pay a little more attention as this season rolls around. Well, that, take that uh, point to uh, take a quick break here, and uh, we'll be back with some more talk on some defense and some more surprises ahead. So come on back to Vikings Territory Breakdown. Okay, welcome back to Vikings Territory Breakdown with Mark Craig from the Star Tribune. Mark, we were talking in the first segment about linebackers, and I just want to drill a little bit deeper there and see if you think, you know, the, the unit is now coming together. I know they drafted somebody. I know they signed somebody earlier in, in free agency and, and uh, you know, they, they, they got Eric Kendricks holding the linebacker middle down, but uh, you know, nothing happened with Anthony Barr to this point. So it's, it's, uh, it's, I'm just wondering if this, this unit's going to be deep enough because uh, you know, they're, they're, they're the engine back there. I mean, you got your, well, in an old fourth, four, three, you got your guys keeping, keeping people off the linebacker so they can make tackles. But in the three, four, Gosh, I still don't know what's going to happen. I, you know, wh- what are your thoughts on the depth there in that position? And then we'll we'll look at uh, the defensive line and then the secondary first step. Well, I mean, it's it's not great. I mean, it's uh, the front line. You know, you I you know the front line you could say is is very solid. It's very strong um, you, with the two guys on the Smith on the end and Daniel, and then you got Eric Kendricks, who I've said a million times can play any defense. I mean, he's going to. You talk about uh, uh, whether uh, week one, whether Eric Kendricks is going to be need a couple games. No, Eric Kendricks probably will not need a couple games. I mean, this is a, a great athlete in his prime. Um, sure, yeah. I mean, he he knew the, de- the Zimmer defense as well as Zimmer, um, probably better than Zimmer, having been right in the middle of it. Uh, he, he's his game was so much uh, anticipation and knowing. The, he knew what was going to. There were games where whenever he was when he was healthy that um, he would anticipate I, – I did that for you. That wasn't any kind of knock on him. That was uh, – he was um, healthy. There's no injuries. No, He's not feeling any any, any, any kind of uh, battle in a calf injury or anything like yeah. that where, I mean, things would unfold, and it's like you could see him already going to exactly – when it they were still using, like, the deception, he's still going where where the play was. So you got him, you got Jordan Hicks, uh, uh, a durable guy that uh, is going to be in the middle there. So those guys are really solid. But you know, behind them is now you, you know now you're getting into the can DJ Wonham, You know he's 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 athletic, but he's not Daniel Hunter. Can he can he be a guy that can you know uh, these guys are not going to let's face it, all four four of those guys are not going to play 17 games. You know, so right. They're not going to make. I mean, it'd be a it'd be fantastic if they could. They're, and they also are not all going to play 100 snaps or 100% of the snaps. You know, Kendricks might uh, if, he, if he stays healthy. Um, but after that, then you got the DJ Wonhams, you got uh, uh, Troy Dye, uh, you know, those linebackers that are more, uh, well, they drafted the you know, Asamoah. Right. Um, you know, then you, you come into the Patrick Jones and, uh, um, you know, those guys, Blake Lynch, Troy Dye, you know, those guys are, you know, they're huge question marks that they would have to, if they would have to step up and play, uh, you know, in 2020, when they finally, when they, when they limped into that Christmas day game at, at New Orleans, um, one of the linebackers, Blake Lynch, I believe, became like the seventh linebacker to start a game. And that's when they had lost, they lost uh uh, they, they lost Barr like in week two, and then they lost. Five, I mean, they were they were really hanging on. They were hanging on, and, but when they lost Kendricks, right around that time, early December, I think it was. Season's he was, over. He was calf injured. That was like the final blow of like this defense is going to be an embarrassment. And then they went to to New Orleans, and New Orleans, and you know 
Zim's good buddy, Sean Payton, did not take it easy on Zim's defense. And that's when, you know, they tie a, you know, a 91-year-old rushing touchdown record. At, um, so that tells you what, you know, whenever you get your linebackers, whenever they're all decimated and they're down, you're down to guys, undrafted rookies and stuff like that, you're going to fall apart. So, you know, I like the front four, but the, the you know, the depth, has to be proven. They have to they have to show a in the case of like the rookie that they drafted, you know, is he NFL caliber? And and the uh, the DJ Wonums and Troy Dyes and whoever else factors in there, are they system worthy of of being drafted for one system and then now you're you're playing another system. Well, what about um, so, Minty? I mean, why why bring him in? You've listed a lot of names in there, and, and a lot of them we're unsure of. You know, we don't know what they can play well, he, or not. Is is Minty a camp body, or is he just someone that knows the system that they're actually looking to come in and not just be a practice team player, not a practice squad player? I mean, well, I think you know, it's you know, training camp is still kind of like a. I know we talk about it being you know less and less important. You see, they do less and less. They hit less and less. But I do think that there are still things that they decide, particularly is, is when it comes to depth. That's he's he throw him on top of all those other names. Yeah, he's he's that guy. Also, the two guys that they gave a ton of money to as, as undrafted record amounts of guaranteed yeah. money to uh, Zach McLeod, outside linebacker. Luigi uh, uh, Villain is another guy. I mean, they got a lot of prospects there that they're that. Uh, you know, the preseason, I think, um, even though they play kind of – they play vanilla defense in, in, in the in the preseason, you're still looking at that, – that's why when people wanted to get rid of the, pre, the preseason games, that, that was like the, really the only, the only way of looking at – you don't, you don't want to see Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson and Kirk Cousins and, and Daniil Hunter, but you wanted to see uh, whether these other guys are – can they stand up to an NFL-type – you know, opponent, uh, and, and function. Yeah, and so money more than the, yeah. So, and yeah, and I never bought, you know, it does not equate, you know, one less preseason game and one more regular season because those guys, I mean, there's guys that'll play the entire regular season game. That's 17th one and who wouldn't even play any of the preseason games. So, you know, they can say it's for, uh, safety reasons or whatever, but it's just, yeah, it's just money. Um, but yeah, you, you you're gonna like have to look those not only at the linebacker position, but also special teams. Those guys are those games are gonna be very important for those that handful of linebackers because that's where a, a bulk of your um, your special teams playmakers come from, and that and safety. Um, you know, Chaz Surratt. I mean, the second year guy, he's another one. There's yeah. a lot of guys in there with that. They're uh, not all higher, the team. Yeah. No, they're not all going to make the team, so you got to pick the. Make sure you got the right one. Isn't it interesting then after minicamp that all of a sudden they go out and get Mincy? So they're obviously not satisfied yet with what they have. I mean, you've we've we've talked about a lot of names, and it just seems like I mean you can't have ten linebackers on your team, including practice squad. You got to have a heck heck of a lot less than that, and you need to fill in other positions where you have depth issues. But here they are with a a boatload of linebackers, you know. Yeah, it tells you that uh, that that's. Uh, I would say it's it's a, as much of a concern, but they want to they want to make sure they get the right backups because of you know the fact that those four guys are um, very it's a important. Competitive rebuild, Mark. It's a competitive yes. rebuild. Competitive rebuild. Yes. Well, you know, uh, I'm I'm actually you know when I look at the front lines of 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 you know this defense, even though it was majorly uh, had it went through a major overhaul this year. Um, I, uh, I, I'm happy with the front line. I mean, you look at the names we've already mentioned, Hunter, uh, Zedaria Smith, uh, Dalvin Tomlinson and, and, uh, uh, who's the guy you just did a story on, uh, the other inside, uh, rusher, oh, uh, Harrison Phillips, you know, I, I like that. I like that crew, you know, and I, I don't know who's going to play linebacker, but you got Kendricks. And uh, hopefully uh, Hicks works out, you know, and, and is really a solid performer and, and some depth there. Well, you know, then you move back to, to the, the secondary, and I'm still bullish on, on Patrick Peterson. I think he's going to be a value. I mean, he showed that he, everybody thought he was going to 
last year was going to really, you know, he was done, but he showed that he still had something in his tank. You know, he got uh, Harrison Smith. Both those guys are old, but you got some young guys coming up in Cam Dance who's got to who's got to do well. And and I like whoever they do with Cam Bynum or uh, uh, the rookie Lewis Seen. So at the other safety, so I'm 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 happy with the front line. I'm just you know I'm not I'm I'm a little concerned behind that. You know, I need who's who's the nickel corner uh, for for the Vikings. Who do we got? Slade. What's uh, um, Sullivan, the, the guy from the, from Green Bay? That's right, Chandon yeah. Sullivan. So yeah, I mean, I, to me, I you know, I see you know, Seno Seno start. If he doesn't yeah. start, that's uh, not a wasted pick. What I'm saying, Seen is a, you know, you make that pick. Um, I'm excited to you, see him play. Yeah, you make that pick in a position of extreme need. You you do all the things that you all the trading that that you did had to do to get you know to get him, and uh, he fell to you. You you've hailed it as the greatest thing ever. He's play. He should start from day one. If he doesn't, then that's a that's a red flag. Uh, I I think the um you know Booth the corner the second round pick comes in as like he's still uh, is he healthy is he healthy whatever. But I, you know I see I see him being good enough. To to beat out Dantzler, you know. Now, now Dantzler's a guy that uh, I don't think we can always just like look at. It. I mean, when you're going into, into a new year with a, with a guy that's uh, you know that's a, as young as he is and it has all the skills that he has, um, you can't just assume he's going to be the same he was he was last year. So, you know, he's got a little bit of competition. He he, you know, and and, and he came out and was talking about how Zimmer, you know, in the being in the doghouse and how he should have started and everything. So. He, it's a competition. He could still be that second guy. Yeah. Along, plus some people are saying Peterson may not start that he'd be the, right. I don't, don't it, Peterson wouldn't be on this team if he wasn't starting. Right. And Peterson takes care of himself. He's older, but he's a professional. He's got at least one more solid year left in him. Um, you know, I'd be surprised if, if he, you know, stunned if he wasn't a starter. So, but I, I like Booth as that second starter. Then you have Sullivan as your, as your nickel and you have Dantzler, you know, maybe getting some time with Booth or, you know, so yeah, I, I like, I like the front line. Uh, I'm not entirely crazy about Armand Watts being a starter, but, mm-hmm. but I think Armand Watts is, uh, I see him more as like a backup type, you know, guy that gets in a rotation, but, uh, and also Dalvin Tomlinson, I'm not, you know, I have you know, two years of him has not been, or uh, one year with him. Yeah, it's not been like you know, you know the, he's set the world on fire, uh, but you know I, that's okay. I, those those three, I I, I really I, I like Phillips more than I thought I would. Just mm-hmm. kind of seeing him, um, I just had a different impression of what he was, and I think he can be a versatile guy that could be could play on the nose. He could play that uh, end tackle in the, in the, on the line in the three four. But there's you know there's you know, a ton of question marks behind behind those three, so yeah I, I would be satisfied I guess with that with that front with that starting eleven, uh, and then throw in the nickel back uh, Sullivan because he's got experience coming in. I think that uh, you know he can come in and be as good if not better. You know, probably could be better than um, uh, Mackenzie Alexander was because Mackenzie Alexander didn't really progress last year. Uh, he, his career was kind of going up, but I don't know that he, you know, did enough to, to get to get signed back, which he didn't. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I like I like the front line, but the depth is huge concern. I think it really is, and it comes down to the fact that I'm going to put this on my ledger, not yours. With the question of depth, they got to stay healthy, right? And that's a concern because they have. Patrick Peterson and Harrison Smith, old guys. You got uh, concerns with uh, Hunter and Zedarius Smith. And Kendricks is not a spring chicken. So the the best players in your defense, the best players, are all at hit injury risk. So, it you know, you better have somebody lined up behind them. You know, at safety, if Cam Bynum is, is that third safety that could go either way, then, then I'm okay there. Uh Sounds like you like uh, Booth as someone that could step in at some of Patrick gets hurt. Uh, you know, if we lose those edge rushers, <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be a whole different ball game. Yeah, but anyway. I, I would say I would say of all the positions, you know, corner and, and safety is uh, probably that's where they're deepest. Is you know, again, well, it, it'd be like, yeah, we're gonna talk about that in the next. Yeah, season. that's right. But anyway. 
yeah, I and, and I'll let you I'll let you go on that. So so we will uh, we'll end there for this segment, and we'll come back with another one. And, and Mark's gonna gonna let uh, the audience know who he thinks the uh, where the Vikings are strongest and where they are weakest. And I'm gonna make that attempt too. So we'll get to see how that goes. So um, come on back to Vikings territory breakdown and, and see what we got. Okay, welcome back to Vikings Territory Breakdown with Mark Craig from the Star Tribune. It's Mark's favorite segment of the year, the Kumbaya segment. Uh, we've we've touched on this in the past, but uh, you know, Mark and I were kind of chatting offline about the new regime and and how things have changed. It's you know, it's night and day from. I mean, I don't think we've seen anything, you know, not only just in the Zimmer year, but even before that, with what's going on with this. Uh, new regime of Kwesi uh, Mensa and and uh, Kevin O'Connell, where they had a bar- team barbecue. They had uh, they went to Top Golf for a while. They they uh, um, uh, what else did they do? They they went to a, a Twins game together, you know. And so they're doing all these bonding things. And like I told Mark when we were uh, together recently, it it works as well, to the water's edge, as soon as you start winning ball games, that you better, uh, you know, it'll be great. Do it every year if, if you come out of the gate and win three out of those first four games. Then they might even start wanting to look at uh, uh, chartering a boat on Lake Minnetonka. No, wait, wait, no, no, maybe, maybe not, maybe not. Anyway, Mark, I know uh, you like to have some comments on this, but uh, you know, what do you think about uh, the new um, off-season program with uh, Kevin O'Connell and, and company? Well, you know, since we talked last week about the, you know, the all the team bonding stuff is, didn't the Twins get like hammered by the Yankees, a couple of, two or three games in a row? I'm thinking the the Twins need to go to Vikings games and go to Top Golf, and have a barbecue. And they got they got to focus more on that stuff and get get that team back together like this. So, uh, no, I. <laughs> You know, Zimmer, I, I, someone brought, uh, Ben, I think might have written about it, Ben Gessling in the Star Tribune, um, that Zimmer was asked one year, or somebody else, maybe this was a thing before where you end your camp and your third day of camp has, to, it can't only be a two-day camp because the third day you have to go and, you know, play marbles or, or build a fort or something. Um, but he was asked about it and Zimmer like snapped, as Zimmer would snap and um, said something about uh, you, 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 you get closer by winning. Bond we by need win. to get you bond by winning, and we need to get better. So we're going to practice. <laughs> Ooh, if you were, if he was a, if he to say that in today's world, wow, uh, you wouldn't be allowed to. Um, but when Zimmer's defense was healthy and they were uh, in their prime, and when Harrison Smith and, and uh, Xavier Rhodes were first team all pro in the same year, which I believe was 19 or whatever year it was. Uh, might've been the, oh, the year they went to the NFC championship game. Um, you know, they were, they were as good as you can get the top five defense. They were number one in points and yards allowed at one point. So we didn't hear a lot about the need to, to go have a barbecue. Um, but right now it's, that seems to be what players, you know, crave, or that's what um, do they crave? Are not a crave? Well, I think they crave the. Uh, they probably crave more of the them being more collaborative and, and hey, what yeah. do you think? And but still, there's you know there there comes a time where where the boss has got to make decisions and they'll make decisions, and whether or not you're happy or whether they're happy or they're sad will depend on whether they win the game, and so that's. That's ultimately where it is with the with that with the whole team bonding thing. Where I think, where I will say, you're happy, Mark. That's all we care about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where I see, you know, this if this means is will this mean anything? Where I see it maybe meaning something is that um, the relationship between Cousins and uh, the head coach uh, will be more productive in, in that trying to find what Kirk can do best as opposed to the friction that's between the two, between Zimmer, a defensive guy and cousins, you know, whatever drawbacks that brought on. Um, but it's really, ultimately, it's really- ultimately, I don't know even know that that 
it means a whole lot because when they protected Kirk, he was good. When they didn't protect him, he wasn't. So, yeah, it's it's really an interesting concept because I mean I've been at places where we did it. When I worked at the Timberwolves, we tried to do it with the staff every once in a while. Had a staff luau, and um, I think you know it, it's harder to do on it if you're a team in a professional sports league because all you're really bonding for is that one season because. Cha- uh, personnel changes so much from year to year, especially in football. You might have five, 53 guys on the roster, but you're going to have turnover in that thing next year. And it's not going to mean a darn thing. If you bonded well with the coach, he's not going to keep you around because we had a good, you, you know, you, you, you uh, did really well at top golf and we won our little event. You know I mean? It, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it, it's, it's a fine thing. I, I don't mind, uh, but it seems really transitory that it's like, you know, Hurry up, bond, play well, and hopefully you win and stay together. Because if you don't, you're all going to be gone. So, I mean, what what the heck, you know? Well, I mean, and bonding is uh, the the way that they bond has changed over the years because it used to be go to Mankato for eight weeks and and uh, and have two a days and uh, the bonding the bonding came when uh, when uh, you know they would end up at a bar or in Mankato or Bemidji or wherever, and they would. Uh, drink their brains out and all be hung over the next morning on the field and trying to yeah, practice and all that. When they were so, at uh, over, they'd go to Robbie's hamburgers where I was flipping burgers for him to eat right up at. Yeah. And, and the, the famous story is when Alan page came in and, and uh, I think Jim Marshall didn't, you know, didn't know, didn't know of Alan page. And Jim Marshall was the guy that made sure that the new rookies got really, really drunk. And they, so they <laughs> would show up the next morning and all the veterans would make fun of them or whatever. Well, Alan Page came in, didn't drink, and Alan Page said, "I'm not drinking," and that's that's it. That's the end of that. And you know, and Al, he was Alan Page, and uh, he took a stand on that, and you know that bonded. You know, so I just I don't know where I'm going with that, but it's yeah. just like it's changed over the years from how they used to the bonding used to be a lot of you go away. When I covered the Browns in the early '90s, Belichick took the Browns to Platteville, Wisconsin. It was more bonding for the media because we. We only had to write two stories a day. There was no internet. There's no Twitter. It was a great bonding experience for the uh, for the writers, uh, and I think it was a little bit for the uh, for the players. It was also bonding for players and media because yeah. I remember playing pool in a in a bar, some dive in Platteville, Wisconsin, and we look up and here comes Vinny Testaverde with a tray full of beers for the media. So wow, uh, we never good. wrote anything. We never wrote anything bad about him after that because he brought us some beers. Never ever. Uh, I know, they know how to win your heart. You know, it, you bond when you you bond when you go to war together. I think if you go to eight weeks of training camp, like you said, you're going to bond. And you know, if you're going to be back, you go through a season where it is at a war of attrition for these players in football, and you come back and you survive it. Then you then you start building stuff. But it's I don't know. We'll see. I, I'm not going to you know completely poo poo it, but I'm you know I, I uh, like I said we'll have to see how it how it goes, but. Uh, so looking ahead to the season this year, I wanted to ask Mark, you know, uh, we can both throw it out there, but what what do you see as the two biggest strengths and two biggest weaknesses of this team? I can go first because I'll be shorter because you're the guy they really want to hear for. But uh, I think uh, uh, um, my two biggest strengths would be wide receiver and edge rusher, which I can't even define. So how about that? <laughs> um and uh, here's here's the only way, you know here as far as my weaknesses, I mean wide receiver. I think they do have some depth there. They got they got the top line guys in Jefferson and Thielen, and they've got KJ. And I think BC's trying to make a strong comeback. And they've got a, a Merced, and they even drafted this guy that people are already talking highly of Jalen. I can't even say his last. I can't remember his last name, but uh, so I think they're going to be good there. But an uh, um, uh, edge rusher is obviously a strength if they do what mark stay healthy stay healthy <laughs> and on my weaknesses uh are uh my first weakness is quarterback one play and this season's over get you oh, know, if you lose him yeah that's right you get one play if he doesn't stay healthy so wait a minute so you're listing as a weakness a guy who's never missed a game because of injury yeah, because of the odds and because of, you know, yes. And because he's going to have the – I saw in the paper or somewhere on Twitter, not the paper, I saw somewhere on Twitter where someone was saying this could be the best line. It was PFF, the best line that 
uh, Kirk has ever had anywhere. So that right there is your killer that he's going to get hurt. Uh, hopefully it doesn't happen. And my other one's tight end. I think, you know, I, uh, they're getting Irv Smith back, but uh, he's a question mark coming back from injury a little bit. And they lost uh, uh, Tyler Conklin. And I, the other guys got to prove themselves, you know. So I, I, that's those, those are mine. You can pick them apart. You can trash them. You can tell me your own. So what do you got? Uh, my The two greatest strengths are – I'll, I'll expand it beyond receivers. I'll expand receiving targets and Kirk's accuracy to get the ball to them. Okay. So you got, not only do you have, you know, Justin Jefferson, who I had in my top three on my, on my all pro pick, he was my, my third receiver. Remember he, he ended up finishing fourth and wasn't happy about it. Yeah. Uh, on my ballot, my personal one out of 50. Did you tell him? Did you tell him that so that he's? I don't know. They, they they probably don't let us get near close enough to some of these players anymore. So I, I might have to schedule an appointment to tell him. I think I did. I, or I told Sam Newton yeah. to tell him or whatever. I don't. Um, so yeah, starts with him. Thielen is as good as it gets when yep. it comes to catching ball in traffic. People draped on him. You know his vision being clouded. He just comes down with it. Makes him a great. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll go with great. It makes him a great red zone guy. They say he's um, in great shape too. There's, he's yeah, of, it's he's hit that the age where he's hit the age now where you know that you worry about every year are you going to get a four game hamstring you know thing. Right. But but uh, him, uh, your third guy with KJ uh, BC coming back, maybe that's he fit factors in somewhere. Um, Irv Smith being a tight end, you know, I think. We're finally going to see, you know, because this is a guy who came in. Okay, he came in. I think he came into the league at like 14 years old. So he's so young when he came in. It was like, okay, so he gave him another. Last year he was getting to that point where, okay, uh, Kyle Rudolph is gone. He's going to take a step forward, and then he gets hurt. Uh, he was right before he got hurt. He was showing that sign of being that guy. So I think he he's another guy. And then also in this mix is dalvin cook the, they're going to expand how they throw the ball to dalvin cook it's not just going to be predictable screens and uh they like cj ham as a receiving fullback so you those are like a, a variety of like options that um the skill position for kirk is is it all he needs to win this division and, and right. make the playoffs and um his ability to get the ball to each one of them is uh, as good as as good as you're going to find in the league. He can make all the throws. He's got the accuracy. Okay. Um, now there has to be he has to be given time uh, where, where he has to ad lib or move move around and do something that's not scripted. That's where the issues come. But that's would be my number one strength. Uh, the, the the second strength is those the starting uh, linebackers. Uh, the fact that they couldn't can pressure the quarterback with those two guys from, uh, from both sides just really um, affects the offense in a way that the, the secondary is going gonna, is gonna to really benefit from with, the, with that pass rush. So those would be my two, two greatest strengths. Yeah, kind of a lockstep there a little bit. You know, you yeah. Banded on them. Yeah. So did you give your weaknesses? What? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah Kirk. Quarterback and uh... – all right, so my I'll go I'll go a little. My right now I would say the greatest weakness is the center. Uh, it's not a glamorous weakness to put out there, uh, but a good point. you know that's that's such an important position in that for Kirk because for him to step up, Kirk needs to step up consistently. Step up now. Last year it was the center and the right guard. I have a feeling that the right guard is going to be settled a little bit with uh, with Davis coming in. But in saying that, you know, he was available, okay? You know, that tells you that he's not, you know, doesn't come in without something to prove because he was made available. He's, he's 30, so he's still not – he's not over the hill yet. Uh, and he was not among the first wave of guards to be, you know, gobbled up with him with all these, you know, real huge contracts. So uh, I could say that – I'll just, you know, branch it out, maybe that interior offensive line is uh, would be my number one weakness because it affects my number one strength, which is, which is the receivers and not only the receivers, but Kirk's ability to spread the ball around without being harassed and 
you know, we all know what happens when Kirk gets pressured. It's just, yeah. you know, he's not going to change. He's not going to suddenly become, become a different type of player. You've got to protect him. And it starts with him being able card. to step up. He's got the flashcards, Mark. Come on, man. Yes. He's, he's studying like an eighth grader. <laughs> uh, so I hope that, yeah, I hope it's, hope they're not, they don't, they hope they're teaching him something a little higher than eighth grade. So, uh, and where are we? The other one would be your other, your other weakness. The depth, the depth of not only the linebackers, but that front seven. I just, you don't see, I don't see seven guys staying healthy for 17 games. Oh, and yep, there it is. You said stay healthy. Maybe, you, maybe you could get, you could get a bell. Ding. We could have like a counter on each side. Uh, tell Mike, see if Mike can get on that. Um, yeah. But you know, it's, it's, you know, having a rotation because the, the, the front guys aren't going to play 100% of the snaps. I mean, Dalvin Tomlinson's not going to play 100%. Um, so, yeah, it's, you know, what do you have behind there is, is the weakness because the minute that there's a there's a break in one of those seven, then you're, 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 you're kind of snowballing toward what Zimmer experienced the last two years. Yeah. Well, Zimmer, there's a reason Zimmer not not it wasn't lack of coaching. There's a reason that Zimmer left here having given up 400 yards, first time it ever been done in the franchise's history, 400 points in back-to-back years, and they did that 400 point before the 17th week. So they didn't need that 17 weeks to get past 400. So Ouch. it wasn't it wasn't the fact that Zimmer suddenly became an idiot coach. It's the fact that he didn't have all the the uh, weaponry that he needed because they didn't stay healthy. That goes on yours. So I'm, I'm starting to strategically avoid oh, it. So. Nice move, nice move. Okay, well, I have one more thing. You brought up the the Twins beating the Yankees earlier, so I had to I had to have to tell folks about this revelation I had earlier this week when I was watching that game, and I thought I thought to myself, well, now that it looks like the Twins, who did win one game against the Yankees uh, in that series. Uh, are going to be just like usual. They're going to, they're going to, they're leading the division for most of the year and they're going to win the division and they're going to get knocked out in the first round by the Yankees. They seem to be heading in that direction. Just, just looks very similar. And it occurred to me that if, if the Vikings were to follow suit and make the playoffs and get knocked out in the first round, which all seems very possible to me, uh, we would be the first state slash city in have all four major league teams have a first round playoff exit. I don't know that that's ever been done. Maybe somebody listening to this can look it up. Uh, I'm not going to, cause that I, I, I think it would be, I don't think it's ever been done, but so I, you know, I don't know, Mark, that, that would, that would just probably be the end times for, for uh, sports in this town. If, if something like that would happen, don't you think? You know, you know, you've been saying this now for a week straight. That's right, and you're and you've been you've been pounding in the table on this one, whether whether you believe it to be true or not, you've been like pound, you've been saying it at every rally I've seen you, and it sounds like someone we know. You sound like Trump. You're just you're just you've made it fact, Joe. We have no. This could have happened like two years ago somewhere for all we know. But you're you're convinced that this is going to be the first time it's ever happened. Yes, just like Trump, you know. Here, look at this stuff. Look at this. Well, that's what I was going for, but it, it leads to a question that you uh, you threw out there, and I'm going to throw it back at you. Uh, two things. First, we'll go with given uh, given that all that I just said, the Vikings will win a playoff game if what? And I'm going to tie you on the board by saying, "Stay healthy." There it is. So we're wow, five versus five. All right, I'll, I'll I'll be a little different. They will make the playoffs if the offensive line gives Kirk not just average protection but superior protection. Yeah, that you know I I can't argue. That's a very good point because then everything comes after that. And if you know the defense maybe gives up the ball or you know uh, gives up a touchdown, and Kirk's got to. Um, save a game at the end with protection and he's got confidence in it. He could do it. Not like last year, right. three and out, you know, right. the, the protection, you know, the protection <clears throat> is the key to it all because suddenly now when it's a close game, uh, well, they set the record for one score game losses last year because yeah. 
And there was a lot of that was, you know, the defense was, was folding at the end of the half and at the end of the game. Right. All right. Good protection. If you get the ball, if Kirk has good protection, they have those weapons, they are going to hold on to the ball. It's going to make your defense better. Um, so to me, it's it, that offensive line, I will put the number one, my number one thing, priority is that offensive line, giving him superior protection. Um, and then it all flows from there. Interesting that in our strengths and weaknesses, the offensive line for once, except for you mentioning Bradbury, uh, was was not mentioned as one of the team's greatest weaknesses. That's been a while for that. Uh, the other side of the coin is the Vikings will miss the playoffs if, and I say if they go if they go get swept by the Packers and go two and four of the division. I have them going uh, uh, four and two with a split at Green Bay and sweeping the Bears. So they will they will miss the playoffs if 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 they go two and four in the division or worse, because, uh, you know, the B- B- Packers will win the division. The Vikings will you just, you know, if, if they can't beat, take one from the Bears, take one from the Bear uh, Lions, and take one from the Packers. They're not going to beat anybody else either. So so you got them beating the Lions or the Lions beating them. I've got, I've got them, I've got them four and two in the division with once a, one from each team plus two from the Bears. Well, uh, you know, my other than the obvious would be, uh, you know, as, as much as, you know, and I, I do say that I I've always said that Kirk is a good quarterback. Kirk is not a $31 million quarterback. I blah, 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 go on, 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 on about that. But it, this is not, uh, this is other than the obvious would be if, if Kirk Cousins got hurt. They, oh, be there it is. Wing, ding, ding, if, ding, 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 So, um, but. I'll, uh, you know, I'll use a little bit more thinking, a little, a little more thought into this and say, if the offensive line cannot hide, or the lack of a better word, hide Bradbury, hide the center that, that gets pummeled and has Akeem Hicks throwing him, throwing the center at the quarterback. Akeem Hicks has moved on. He's in Tampa now. Thank what God. I'm saying is that, you know, we've heard a lot about um, in the, in around the, the uh, the combine about they had, you know, they got a, they have a plan for Bradbury. They have a, in his, in their system, it's different, blah, blah, blah. I think that's probably a little bit of wishful thinking, but I'm not saying that Bradbury couldn't take, take it the next step and be a solid center and, you know, work together with the new right guard. Cause you know, that he didn't have a lot of, you know, the right guard didn't work out last year. So now they have a veteran guy that's a little, that's bigger um, can help him out. Maybe. But I'd say if if they don't don't work their magic with Bradbury, if he if he is that weak link, and there's a lot of pressure in the middle, then they don't make the playoffs. Boy, Joe sure had all those right. What happened to Mark? But you know, I might say it if if I am. But you know, we'll we'll have to. I won't. I won't remember it tomorrow. So I don't. I won't be. Vikings territory breakdown. Thanks for checking us out. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, uh, Mike Walden behind the scenes for putting it all together. Thanks, John, Joe Johnson, for bringing us here. So uh, we'll be back next week, and we'll uh, we'll uh, try to get you through the doldrums of the uh, the calm till uh, training camp and uh, talk some more purple. And uh, and uh, Mark will try to figure out why I stole his. Uh, I beat him playing golf and stole his sandwich. He'll 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 realize that uh, there was a method to my madness. Anyway, thanks everybody. We'll see you next time. And skull.